0: All right, so what is Southern Cross Kids Camps? Southern Cross Kids Camps is camps that we run for kids that have been subjected to abuse and neglect, and they are primary age kids. So we're talking kids probably ages 7 to 12. And even though it is a fantastic ministry, it's also a bit of a sad ministry that we run. Um, This year we will have had 16 camps throughout Australia approximately 700 volunteers and we will have helped about 500 kids Uh, every school holidays is school um, is southern cross camp time and so we've actually just had four camps run in these last two weeks one of them was in central queensland at a place called emerald and the other three were um, country victoria camps so bendigo ballarat and shepparton and pete and i've just been away visiting uh, a few of those camps over the last two weeks Have you ever wondered if God is at work? Like really at work. We say it, but do we actually really believe it? I want to tell you two stories today. And the first one I want to tell you is about a lady called Carolyn Boyd. Carolyn Boyd is the founding director of Southern Cross Kids Camps. And Carolyn... This is about 22 years ago now. Carolyn was speaking at a conference called Ministry to Children Seminar and she was introducing Southern Cross Kids Camp to Australia to to try to get it off the ground. She ran a workshop on that at the conference and Pete was um, one of the people that attended that conference and attended that workshop. Pete pretty much cried throughout the whole thing as she talked about it and showed what these kids go through and what the um, actual camps are available to do and at the end of it he thought to himself I have got to speak to that lady I just have to find out more but for one reason or another that just did not happen he just did not get a chance to talk to her at that stage Pete had just started as the kids pastor at Discovery Church back then it was called Careforce Church and our senior pastors back then were Alan and Helen Meyer. and I'm not sure if many of you are familiar with their work, but they run an amazing ministry called Life Keys Ministry. Yeah, we've got a few nods. And uh, so our church was very involved in helping adults in the church and in the community to get over some tough stuff that had gone on in their lives, in all sorts of areas. So Peter, just come on staff. And he gets to church on the Monday morning to work and he starts telling our really good friend Andy Bennett, who was one of the other pastors, about, all the, about these camps and what this lady had said and whatever. He didn't even know her name. Pete couldn't even say her name. And so um, because of what our church was about, we also still do um, have a lot of involvement in schools. Pete was heading off that afternoon to go and do some work in one of the local schools And when he gets back Andy says to him, was that lady's name Carolyn Boyd? And Pete goes, I've got no idea what her name was. And he said, well, some lady called Carolyn Boyd rang up while you are off at the school and she's made an appointment to see you at two o'clock tomorrow and whoever it is is coming. So Pete was like, okay, whatever. And um, not really knowing if that was connected at all. So Pete's office overlooked the car park. Two o'clock comes, car drives in. Lady gets out of the car and Pete's like, oh, my gosh, it's the lady, the lady who spoke on Saturday. How could this possibly be? And because Pete had only just started at the church, nobody knew who he was or knew anything about him either. So it's not like she could have gone, you know, well, I'm going to go find Pete Lusk, which a lot of people do know him now, so they go do that. And uh, anyway, so when she comes in, Pete, you know, introduces himself and vice versa. And he's like, you know, how on earth did you find me? Well, Carolyn also belonged to a big church and she was actually from City Life Church. And City Life Church uh, used to be called Waverley Christian Fellowship. The um, pastor back then, until most recently, actually was Mark Connor. And I know a lot of you know him because he's been here to speak. And uh, Mark said to Carolyn on the Sunday morning, how did you go yesterday at the conference? You know, what happened? And she was like, not one person came and spoke to me afterwards and I'm devastated, and I do not know what to do. And Mark turned to her and he said, "Ring the kids' past. Ring, sorry, ring Careforce Church and ask for the kids' pastor, because they do that sort of thing." So, unbeknownst to him and unbeknownst to her, Pete was in her audience that day. was so touched by Southern Cross, and so out of that whole scenario. She ends up ringing, asking for the kids' pastor and it turned out that it was Pete. And so from that moment on, they connected together and they got together their friends. Um, so she gathered all her friends from City Life Church, he gathered all his friends from Discovery Church and they ran their first camp and that was in January 2001. And it was actually down here on the Morning Pen- Mornington Peninsula at Camp Menyang. Um, they don't hold a camp down there anymore. They've, they're they all over the place. Uh, that particular camp now runs quite locally to our church up at Mount Evelyn. So is God at work? I think he might be. Um, we've got about a five-minute video that we'd like to show you that was created. It's called the Hope Video and it will tell you a lot more about Southern Cross. So if we can just watch that, that would be fantastic.
1: It was three months prior to camp, a, a kid ran up to me in um, down the main street of Lilydale, and he comes up to me and says, hey Pete, it's only 93 days to camp. We chatted for a minute and I, I went home and I checked and it was right, it was 93 days to camp. It was, he'd obviously been before and this was going to be like the highlight of his year.
2: And she called me up one day out of the blue and said, hey, would you be interested in trying one of these Southern Cross Kids Camps? See, so, you know, I think it'd be really good for you. And,
3: you do understand the importance of love and support and that it is tied to absolutely everything. It's tied to learning how to trust. It's tied to learning how to communicate. Tied to learning how to learn. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely one of the best things I'd ever done as a kid. Doing camp, um, being, being a camper was just, even just for those three years, it was just fun. It wasn't, there was never any time when it it wasn't so, to come to a camp and just have fun and not have to worry about anything else.
1: Southern Cross Kids Camps aims to give a week of happy memories to kids who have been abused and neglected.
2: The Southern Cross Kids Camp grabs these kids that don't just have a little bit of need, they have a lot of need. And we do everything we can in that week, we just keep pouring into these kids to fill that need. And the way I see it, you kind of take a year of love and attention and cram it into five days.
1: One of the amazing things about uh, being on camp, being on Southern Cross Kids Camp, is the fact that it's a one-on-one, that for each kid on camp they have one buddy, that uh, one adult buddy that looks after them for the week.
3: When you ask children what the best thing about camps is, they will always tell you the best thing is having a buddy with me for five days. It's, It's not the kayaking, it's not the craft, it's not the singing, although they do like all those things. It is having that adult with them to be their friend and companion for an entire week.
0: don't even remember being told about camp. I was given a suitcase and dumped at Discovery Church, got told bye-bye my parents, and so I was pretty nervous and scared at the start.
3: I think, like, as a camper, I'd always say, yeah, I'll come back as a buddy, because I really, I really wanted to, but I think actually coming back, um, you realise the importance of it. It means so much to me. <laughs> I'm not good with words. I don't know how to put it, but just to be able to come back and have that opportunity, even as a cousin.
0: They don't have to worry about looking after their little sister or baby brother or when their next gonna eat or how they're gonna eat. It's just, it's all there. They can relax, they can be themselves. They can let their guard down and just have fun, enjoy the week, and
1: know that someone loves them.
2: They They get this message just, for want of a nicer way of putting a ram down their throats, that they are important, they are loved, they are valuable, they are special, they are precious.
3: I feel like I just came to camp and I didn't have to care about my brother and sister in the way of I didn't have to, to be like a mum to them, but that I could just be cared for and in that like I could just be loved and I could just be a kid.
1: Knowing
0: that someone somewhere out there actually cares about you, wants to spend time with you, and that doesn't matter what happens that you can actually have a future. That would be the biggest thing.
1: One of the things that Southern Cross gives kids I think is hope and we know that if someone, a child or an adult for that matter, has hope the future is inevitably brighter.
3: So while one week, it it is a short time in a kid's life, in a year, it is a big, impactful short time. And it's really, really important that one week changes everything in a kid's
2: life. And we can put those seeds of hope in those kids. It's it's just going to ripple. It's going to impact their lives, the families they live with their own families and it's it's just one of those things that just grows and grows
3: and so it's an empowering community to look after its own and to look after its own vulnerable children which is what i really like about it
2: the goal is to have a camp out of every major center across australia that's the goal because that's the need
3: that is is our vision and um, i really do believe that that we will get there
0: OK, and actually, sadly, we lost Carolyn about four and a half years ago to cancer. But she actually wanted Pete to take over the role of being the director of Southern Cross. So, or the general manager, I should say. Um, I'm going to read you a letter now from a girl who is about 20 years old now. And she attended one of our camps as a 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They can get come back year after year if they come in as a young and It's really helpful for them if they do, too. So, this girl's name is Celeste and uh, we've got it on the screen as well. Attending Southern Cross Kids Camp showed me that I was loved and cared for and how to love myself in a world where I felt damaged and insignificant. I was provided with a safe haven full of happiness, friends and understanding, as well as new experiences, giving me the chance to experiment and express myself in a supported environment. The leaders saw a potential in me that I couldn't notice, encouraging me to grow and develop. This belief gave me the strength within myself to achieve my goals, work through the adversity of the world and become someone I'm proud of. The lessons and memories I have from SCKC drive me on a daily basis to smile, be grateful, to reach out to others and be a better person. I will forever be grateful for my time on SCKC camps and their ongoing support and care. It truly is a life-changing opportunity for campers and leaders. Thanks, Celeste. And Celeste is actually going to attend one of our camps in January next year as a leader for the first time. So, and life is going really, really well for Celeste now. So we're really excited to have her to do that. Now, I just also want to tell you another story um, every year we bring our main leaders in, within Southern Cross together for what we call a summit and our leadership summit is always at the end of October so it's coming up in just a few weeks and this year it's actually going to be in Adelaide because we actually have a camp in Adelaide and that's we like to do it sort of close to at least one of the leaders' areas um, and so we swap it around a bit. Two years ago we held it here in Melbourne. We have quite a few camps in Melbourne and we spend the weekend together, we just had a bit of a prayer time, our board chair got up and we thought he was just going to get up and say thanks for coming, you know, we've had a great weekend and whatever and instead he goes, I'm not usually very prophetic, he said, but I really felt like God just spoke to me during that prayer time and I really feel like we need to um, start to get involved into Indigenous world and help the kids in that space because they're our most vulnerable kids in Australia and I've got no idea how that could happen though is what he finished with. And straight away, over on the side, one of our directors of one of our New South Wales camps pipes up and she goes, oh, I know how that could happen. Um, My husband has just come back... uh, My husband, Shane, has just come back from being up in um, Indigenous world up in the Northern Territory, and she said the minute he came in the door, he didn't say, hi, Meekle. He walked in the door and said, we have got to get Southern Cross in to um, help the Indigenous kids of Australia. So that created a fair bit of excitement in the room, and whatever summit finished, and life went on, and we really weren't at that stage quite sure which way it was going to go. So now, one of the other things that we do is we run a really big camp. Um, sorry, a really big golf fundraiser, and it actually happens to be tomorrow. It's at Huntingdale Golf Course, and it's a big corporate event now, and we get to raise lots and lots of money to help put these camps on. And it takes a lot of work to put on something like this. And we have an amazing lady who also happens to be from City Life Church called Irene Ling. And she helps coordinate the whole event with us. We were going to visit Irene one day to help to talk about golf day. We get there and we're chatting away. And then all of a sudden she goes and gets this brochure and she says, we had this couple come to our church and speak a while back. I had no idea why I felt the need to keep this, but I kept it anyway. And she said, now that you've arrived, I realise I was meant to give it to you. And she hands us this brochure, and it's got the names Brett and Justine Wiltshire on it. We had just been given their names about mm, within the week before that someone had told us about them. Brett and Justine run an organisation called AAOM, which stands for Australian Aboriginal Outreach Ministries. And they're quite connected with City Life Church, so that's why they were there speaking. So we are a little bit blown away by that. We were like, wow, that's twice within about a week. In April that same year, so this is the next year after the summit, we went up to Sydney, uh, to Wollongong, sorry, New South Wales, where one of our Sydney camps was running. And Meekle, the lady that had originally said, oh, I know how to get you into Indigenous world, says to us, we really want you to meet this guy and chat with him while you're here visiting our camp. And so, we said, yeah, sure. So, we chat with the guy for a while and at the end of it, Pete says, okay, well, what do you think we should do next? Oh, that's easy, he says. You need to speak to my bosses. Okay, who are your bosses? You can probably guess. Brett and Justine Wiltshire. So, we're like, wow, okay, God, we're hearing you. So, we found out that they run um, like a seminar thing in the July holidays each year and that year it was going to be at Halls Creek, which is in outback in um, outback northern WA. And alongside that, they run some training for people who want to get involved in Indigenous world. And so we took a team of six of us along, and we all did the training and whatever. And that led to some relationships out of that. And what that ended up doing was we ended up running our first outback Indigenous. Um, it was a day camp we didn't do overnight with these kids, but we ran our first thing in April of this year and it happened to be at Fitzroy Crossing. So we've just managed to do our first Outback Indigenous thing and we're still going to be able to keep going with that connection, which has been very exciting. And a little bit separate to that, not through the same correction connection, we also just ran our first Darwin camp, which was all Indigenous kids as well, um, in July holidays this year. So... Uh, on that note, I'll invite Pete to come up.
1: Cool. There we go. Thanks, Annie. That's great. Hey, um, thanks, Bayview. It's, uh, we, we're really honoured that you would choose to support us the way that you do, especially in that Indigenous space, as Sandy said, you know, through... Is God at work? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely amazing. And uh, by the generosity of this church is actually helping achieve God's purposes, which is incredible. Hey, I brought along my favourite thing with me this morning. Um, it's my granddad's little New Testament that he got for his ninth birthday some time ago. And inside it, his great-grandmother wrote to thee, little Donald, from your great-grandmother, with love and best wishes, 28th of the 3rd, eleven. Naturally, that's not 2011, it's 1911. And underneath, Jesus said, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. That's what Southern Cross does. It brings the little children to Jesus, which is an absolute privilege and pleasure to do. That's one of the story, you know, that verse appear or that little story about the children coming to Jesus appears three times throughout the New Testament, if you might know. Uh, In Matthew chapter 19, Mark chapter 10, Luke chapter 18, one of those stories that just appears again and again and again. And I think we've got the Mark passage there that says, people were bring little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, "Let the little children come, but come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these." I love the way that you know, you know, the disciples and Jesus are wandering down the road, and uh, you know, people are obviously Jesus is a big deal by now, and the families are wanting to bring the kids up and have them blessed. But the disciples, they think, you know, they think they know what's going on. They, they obviously... Now, Jesus has got important stuff to do here. You know, we're on our way. Move to one side. But Jesus really gives the perspective when he says, you know, he's indignant. Make sure that he makes time for the kids. Having been a kids pastor and been involved in families ministry for a really long time, obviously, I'm completely biased but i think that you know what southern cross does is working with the kids that are incredibly marginalized doing life really tough and especially now to think that we've been given the privilege of having an opportunity to work in indigenous communities is absolutely outrageous and i love it and because i'm ridiculously optimistic i think having been in those communities a few times now The God-given gifts and abilities that our Indigenous kids and Indigenous people have is off the chart. Of course, just a little side note, we saw it uh, last Saturday because I I can see one of my mates, Colin Wood, here today, who's a really mad Collingwood supporter and me being a card-carrying member of the mighty Richmond Football Club. Um, Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. How are you going to fit that into your sermon? Yeah, you can always do it. Hey, um... My favourite... I don't know if you watched any of the game last week. My favourite moment was when Daniel Rioli got the ball on the boundary line and everyone thinks it's going to be just out of bounds and thrown in. He does a two-metre little handball that bounces under the guy, bounces straight up to Dustin Martin, who just goes and kicks another goal. The ability, the God-given ability in our Indigenous people is outrageous. outrageous. And if we can get the opportunity to maybe help a little bit in that area, that would be absolutely incredible. As Sandy said, we're at Fitzroy Crossing in Darwin a little bit earlier in the year. I think we've got a couple of photos from there. And uh, you, Now, when, this is Fitzroy Crossing. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, a number of you might have been through there, uh, it's hot. Uh, at Easter time this year, and fortunately, it had cooled down to be, you know, 40, 41 degrees. So it was it was okay. So there was lots of water play. You'll notice also, yeah, there's the kid. The, 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 these guys are just amazing. And uh, we played a lot of football, actually, which, which I really loved. In the previous photo, we don't have to go back to it, but there was a 44-gallon drum, you might have noticed, sitting out there. And we spent hours kicking footballs into these 44-gallon drums. It was just, if you've got a football, you're pretty much right at any any place up there. Let's have a look at the next one. Oh, yeah, it was a great. To, we, was, we had to go inside a little bit as well. You can just scroll through those last couple of photos because, oh, yeah, we had a big slingshot and we we're shooting water bombs. And these these kids, they were... If you got really unlucky, you can't just see behind that the big guy there who's just pulling it back, there was actually a chair about oh, 30, 40 metres away. And if you're unlucky, you had got to sit on the chair and they'd fire these water bombs at you. <laughs> I've played a lot of cricket. That was like fastest bowling I've ever faced. That was really frightening. Next one. Oh, yeah, lots of face painting, stuff like that. I think, is that the last one? Ah. This was from actually an Indigenous kid... Um, We've just had Bendigo Camp just last week, and one of the things that we've started that's really meaning something to us at the moment is the idea of what Southern Cross does is it delivers hope. And so we thought, what would it look like if we said to the kids, paint what hope looks like? And so on our Bendigo Camp, we've got a number of Indigenous kids uh, on that camp as well, and this was one of the girls' paintings. And she, this was what she said around it. Someone finding hope. Bad, the black side, is the side of the picture without hope. The good, colourful side has, um, has hope. Hope brings brightness into your future. The person in the colourful side is me, and that's her, as her, her name as a buddy in the future at southern cross kids camps the darkness is a sigh of no hope with the uh, with the gray clouds being the negative words stealing the hope you just kind of go it's really easy to underestimate any child really i think isn't it you know we can think we know what's going on oh yeah they're just a kid for so many of these kids they are so insightful in you know the way they they just go what's going on for them they're not always able to Say it, or maybe display it really well. But just that little moment, we really think that we've actually hit on something significant in the idea of being able to, you know, invite the kids to draw what hope looks like. Because as we know, if we have hope, and I say it in the said in the video, if we have hope, no matter who we are, no matter what situation we're in, we actually can make it. Just a couple of stories, and I. I dare say we're just about heading out of time, Steve. Um, One of the things I used on the Northern Territory camp was I brought along my little treasure box. And in it, as I say, is we have the most valuable thing inside this box, is the most valuable thing on the face of the planet. Would you like a look? Do you want to have a look? Here's the thing: you're not allowed to tell anyone. Just, just come up here. Sit. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You do that, and you've got the crowd's attention. And of course, inside it is a mirror. When you do that. When you do that with the Indigenous kids who so often have been knocked down, pushed around, pretty much all of the kids, whether they are Indigenous or they're just on one of our other Southern Cross kids camps, they see that and it can be hard to believe. But it is the start, is it not, of them understanding. Back to that little verse, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and hinder them and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. We get to do that as Southern Cross Kids Camp. One of the other things I I mentioned, that footy's a big deal, one of the kids, um, he was a little bit paler in skin colour than some of the other guys on camp camp. And, um, you know, he's having a pretty hard time and I thought... But he, he loved playing footy, of course. And I thought, I'll just hold the footy for him for a little while because I do that with kids sometimes so they can practise marking, you know. And I started on the... I said, used his name. Do you want to come and practise, show me how well you can mark? Oh, OK. And I thought, you know, we might do this for five minutes and he'll be sick of it and he'll be like, we'll go and do something else and that's fine held the ball, thought, I'll, stand, I'll need to stand on a chair, but I'm going to start on the floor because I want him to be successful. Stand there, hold the ball. He runs, he jumps, he marks it. We did it again, 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 again on a little chair, again, 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 again. again. It's going for about half an hour. I get on a table. Again, 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 again. By now, he's spinning in the air, kicking it over his head, doing everything. When you show a bit of attention and love, unconditional love, to any child, to any person, but particularly in these environments, it's going to change their life. And we get the privilege of doing it. Now, you might be going, yeah, well, that's really nice, Pete. Good luck to you. Yay, beauty. What does it mean for us? Well, I reckon it means a fair bit. You might know the story out of the Old Testament where David is going through a bit of a hard time. Saul's still around. It's... um. One Samuel, you know, that sort of 27 to 30, those chapters through there. David's actually decided, for his own sake, to have his few followers that he's got with him to um, march with the Philistines for a while. He sort of stays at the back. And it gets down to when it's going to be battle time. And basically... They realise quite rightly that this could be a problem. The Philistines realise there's going to be a problem. So they send David back to Ziglag. He gets back with his 600 men and Ziglag's been burnt. And the people have all been carried away. Hmm, bad deal. He inquires of the Lord, do I chase them or not? God comes back with a, yep, you'll overtake them. So he takes his 600 men and they go in pursuit they get on the verge of battle. There's 200 that are completely exhausted. They stay behind. But the 400 go with David. Big fight in shoes. They win. They get everyone back, if you know the story. Not a single person's lost. Everything that was taken was returned. And we get to verse 25. So they've taken the stuff back. They're returning back to where they... From whence they came including back to where the 200 people, uh, 200 guys were left behind. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind at the Bessor Valley. They came out to meet David and the men with him. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. It's very nice. But all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers, surely not people who follow God, troublemakers, come on. Apparently it happens. Because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. David replied, no, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All share alike. David made this a statute and an ordinance for Israel from that day to this. You get to share in what we do. You know, over the time as we continue to work, you know, particularly in the indigenous communities, and you might hear little bits and pieces here and there from us, you can quite rightly say, we changed a kid's life. We helped that young person because you did. It wouldn't really work if all of Bayview turned up in Fitzroy Crossing next Sunday morning. That would be weird. <laughs> and as well as that, Stephen Louise wouldn't have anything to do anyway. They'd be here <laughs> like, where'd they all go? Oh, they went to Fitzroy Crossing. That's weird. <laughs> but when you choose to support as this church has done and enable us to be able to go, that is sensational for us and it is sensational for you. So, it is time for me to finish, but know that your generosity to us has already changed young Indigenous lives. Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Bayview. We really, really appreciate it.